0: Through eternal ages let his praises ring Glory in the highest I will shout and sing Standing on the promises of God Standing, standing Standing on the promises of God My Savior, stand Standing, I'm standing on the promises of God.
1: <clears throat> Maybe we better sing another verse. I'd like for everyone to be here when we start. Uh, I know his promises cannot fail. Is that another verse? Standing on the promises that
0: cannot fail of doubt around your sail by the living word of God I shall prevail standing on the promises of God standing 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 on the promises of God my Savior standing Standing, I'm standing on the promises of God.
1: Well, Amen. <clears throat> our subject for this morning is relationships with our neighbors and in the community. And before we get into that, there's something that I would like to say. This is why I wanted everyone in here. But I want you to know that it's somewhat hard to come here. It is somewhat hard to come here and talk on the subject that we've been talking to you here about these last few days, on close relationships, because I know that feelings, emotions, hurts, Deep hurts always run highest in these relationships. They do. And in my incomplete knowledge, that's how I come. That is how I stand here. Even in our effort to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ in our homes and in our relationships and to lift up God's order, it's almost impossible not to say something that really hurts someone and is very offensive. And I was just thinking, maybe I said something that I shouldn't have. As it relates to your situation, maybe it hurt you. I never know how it's all going to land. Maybe you felt condemned. Maybe I should have said something that I didn't. Maybe I should have said it differently. I just want you to know I feel very, very tender for each of your situations. Some of them are blessed, but some of them are bigger than you are, and you don't know what to do. And I don't want to be offensive. I just want you to know, hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) We want to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to do it as gentle as we can We do want to speak the truth, and I just want to just make that statement. We want to be an encouragement. We want to increase your faith. It is hard to say everything right uh, and cover it all in 20 minutes a day. We've kind of launched into the deep every day, uh, but I don't want to be offensive. I wrote a poem one time. I've written lots of poems, but I wrote a poem one time about my poems. My unpretentious pen, I trust, shall never cause a broken heart that cannot mend, or tears where laughter should have been, or make a soul forget his goal, or cause a love to end, or mar a faith, or lose a friend. That's our heart. Am I clear? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We love these youth. We love your word. We love your power to deliver. We are here, Father, as servants. You are the King. And we want to stand on your promises and we want to be so gentle, Father. We think of the Lord Jesus, how gentle you are, that a bruised reed you will not break, a bent Piece of grass, you will not break. Smoking flax, you will not pinch. You'll fan it back into a flame. Father, give us that same grace, that same tenderness, that knows how to reach hearts and bring encouragement, and not discouragement, that knows how to increase faith and not destroy it. We pray for mercy. We pray for wisdom and guidance today. To your name's honor and glory, for thou art worthy. Have your way, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our subject this morning is relationships with our neighbors and in the community. And as we think about this, these are not necessarily close relationships. These are witnessing relationships. And the goal is always to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ whether by our words, what we say to them, or by our actions of what we do. We want to be an example and a witness for the kingdom of God and to bring salvation to the lost. And I appreciate the emphasis here that the witness to our neighbors is a relationship outreach. You know, if we go to New York or if you go to Charlotte and you stand on the street corner and you preach and you proclaim the message of God and you hand out tracts you really don't have a relationship with those people. But it's a little different with our neighbors. We need to have a relationship outreach. And so that's the subject for today. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so how do we build this relationship with our neighbors and reach out to them? The first thing that I want to tell you this morning is what Dale Heisey told me when he moved to Costa Rica, probably 20, maybe 20 some years ago. And he moved there, he was a new in the community, and he wanted to reach out to his neighbors. He wanted to bless them and be a blessing to them. And Dale had some livestock, he had a little farm there, and uh, his neighbors had livestock. And because of Dale's experience in the United States, he knew a lot about cows and pigs and livestock. And in in talking to some of his neighbors, he was able to show them how they could get more production with their pigs. And he showed them how they could get more milk out of their cow. And it it worked. And he showed them how they could get more eggs from their chickens. And he was just looking for things, and he saw their garden. And he was able to show them how to get more production out of their garden. And he was helping them, and he was reaching out. And, but he noticed that the relationship wasn't really, you know, sweet. There was a distance. There was a wall there. And he would say something about the Lord every time he got a chance. But that went on for a while, and pretty soon he invited them to church. He invited one of these families to church. And now I'm going to tell you what this man said to Dale. He said, Dale, you come here from a long ways away. You know how to do everything better than us. You can get more little pigs out of a big pig than we can. You can get more milk out of a cow. You can get more produce out of a garden. You can get more eggs out of a chicken. And now you want us to come to church. And this is what he said. He said, Dale. Isn't there anything that you need us for? And that really spoke to his heart. He thought, that's that's how to build a relationship. We need to need them. And he went home and he got into the word of God. And he began to look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the all-sufficient Savior Lord of all that needed nothing. But he read where one day he was by the seashore and there was a great multitude gathered there. And he couldn't say, Peter, Peter, do you have a boat? Could I borrow your boat? Peter, you know how to run that boat. Could we just thrust out a little from land here? And you know about how far to get and you know how to keep that boat just about right so I can speak to these people. Peter, I don't even know if I can do this unless you help me. Peter, would you help me? And you know, that just connected Peter with the Lord Jesus. Peter was needed. Jesus also traveled. He walked by foot, and he was weary, and he sat down to rest, very tired, and he sat down by a well. And there was a woman that came by. And, you know, Jesus didn't look at her and see the wickedness of her life and say, you know, I need to talk to you about the Lord. I need to tell you about living water. What did he say? He said, Ma'am, could you get me a drink? I'm thirsty. He said, I've been traveling and I need a drink. I'm not sure I'm going to make it unless I can get a drink. Could you get me a drink? And you know, that question connected uh, that woman, it just opened the door for the Lord to witness in a more powerful way. And then I was blessed by that. We had a neighbor, his name was Bob Brawley, and he was, he was a mean old fellow. We were all kind of scared of him. He moved in, we moved into the area, and he, he had a scowl on his face. He looked like Scrooge, and I don't know if God made him that way, or if life itself had done it to him. I'm not sure, but he'd drive past, and he'd never wave. He'd just, and he was a short guy with a, just a rounded face, and he lived about a quarter mile away, just around the corner. And, you know, it snowed that winter. It doesn't snow that often in North Carolina, but it snowed. And, and my children, they, they got out their sleds and they needed a hillside. And they saw down there Bob Brawley's right off his driveway, right into the field. was just almost perfect hillside. And I guess they didn't see the scowl on his face. They came to me and said, Dad, can we uh, sled on, at Bob Brawley's? And I thought, whoa. <laughs> then I thought, you know what? We need. Bob Brawley's hillside. And so we went down there, and here's all my children. They're got their mittens and their sock caps and snow clothes. And they're standing there with their big eyes, looking at Bob Brawley on his porch. And I, I, I knocked, and he answered. And I said, Bob, um, it snowed. He said, yep. I said, my children saw your hillside. They'd love to sled. Is there any way that'd be OK? Do it. <laughs> it's OK. So that's all we said. I just said, well, thank you very much. God bless you. And he went back in the house. He was done. And we were out there, and we played in the snow. But the next day, the children made some cookies and took them down to Bob for letting uh, them sled on his hillside. Children gave Bob the cookies. And uh, it was within a week. Bob came down to our house, and he had this big box of oranges for our family. I, I almost wonder if that was the first thing he ever gave anybody. He really gave it. He seemed like a different man. <laughs> Well, I was having a date with my wife uh, one night a little bit later, and Bob wanted us to come down. He's kind of a wealthy fellow. He's got some antique cars. They're really expensive. It's, he likes 1957 Chevys. That's what he's got. And they're painted bright red. He's got tuck-and-roll interior. I mean, they're chrome. They're polished. He keeps them shine. He built a special building and garage just for his cars. And he wanted to show my wife and I his cars. And so he takes us in here and he's showing us his cars and his neat little garage and everything he had in there. And uh, he said, uh, That's pretty neat you're on a date. He said, You know what? He said, Sometimes if you want to have another date with your wife. He said, Just come down, I'll load you my car. He said, This, this, this one right here. He said, You can just take this one out, and you and your wife can have a date in this 57 Chevy. <laughs> and I thought, What well, if I need Bob Brawley or not? <laughs> But you know what? I've actually wondered if if I should do that. I, I've never done it. I've always been afraid some family from the church would see us. <laughs> but, but somehow that opened the door, and I feel like we need to have And interaction, that's the only way to have a relationship that will open the door. I I think this is good to reach out to our neighbors. I don't think we should just stand on their porch and preach and hand out tracts. This is a relationship outreach. And you will never rise above practical Christianity. We've said that several times. Well, it's certainly true here. And there are times where you do things for them. It's not, you don't just look for things they can do and things you can borrow from them. You, you do things in a practical way for them. And just friendliness is a big one. We had another neighbor, neighbor I think his name was Richard Miller. He, he was a Long-haired guy, kind of a scary fellow. He drove a purple car, and it was loud; it didn't have a muffler. And so, Sheldon, my son, he would hear this car when it would turn way up the road and head our way. Sheldon decided he was going to befriend this guy. So, he, whenever we'd hear this car, and you'd hear it in plenty of time, he'd run out there by the road, and he'd just stand out there, just waving, when this guy goes by. And it got to where this guy would honk and wave when he goes by, and. And it got to the point where even one Sunday, our goats got out while we was at church, and Richard was coming by, and he stopped, and he's the one that put them in. And it just seems like the interaction that we can do with our neighbors brings a tremendous blessing. I encourage you to go to community breakfasts. There's a lot of those around that is a good way to just sit down and build a relationship with some of your neighbors. They're, they're usually there. Maybe a fish fry, you know, at another church or a fire department. Some of these fundraisers. Uh, we were in, uh, and just try to build a relationship with them. I remember when we, some of the children went to a country Christian school and we lived in Washington and they have an annual benefit auction and it's just full of neighbors. That's just who's there. And so we turned in a, a Supper for Eight I believe it's what we turned in to sell, just to donate. And uh, the auction was going on, and it was, it was going pretty good. But when it came up, when, when our thing, my wife's little uh, ticket there for a supper for eight came up, I went up to the auctioneer, and I just looked at him. I said, could I sell that one right there? I mean, I'd I'd rattled in the shower some auctioneering. You know, we probably all have. I said, could I sell that one right there? And so he said, he was kind of shocked, but he said, "Uh, sure. And he handed me the microphone, and I took it, and I told everybody. I says, only I know the value of this kind of cooking. (laughs) I I sold it for 90 bucks. (laughs) After that, the pastor came up, and he said, my wife turned in a supper for six. Would you sell that, too? And so... (laughs) So, but it's just kind of building relationships, and it, it's a blessing, and, and I, I, just, I, I just want to encourage us to interact with our neighbors. I just want to read First Peter chapter 3, verse 5 to you, 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That, that's a good foundation to reach out. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that lieth within you. That hope is within us. And it's just, it's just ready to come out is what this verse says. And I think it's more here than just ready to give an answer that means I don 't think that means just wait until somebody asks you. I think it means look for an opportunity, an appropriate one, build a relationship, but what the opportunity is there, it just comes out and and it will produce opportunities that will be a blessing. I want to encourage us to plant seeds. I think I've said that to several people here. I, I get excited about the thought of planting seeds. you don't always see the fruit and that 's the way it is with neighbors you don't always just See the fruit that you want to see. You build that relationship. You look for opportunities to speak about the Lord and be an encouragement, but you plant seeds. And when you plant seeds, you know, that's one of the laws of God. God has some laws, like the law of gravity. I mean, that's just what it is. You step off the bed, down you go. That's just a law. Well, there's laws, uh, there's the law of sowing and reaping as well. And it has three aspects to it. And the first aspect of sowing and reaping is that you reap. What you sow. You don't sow to the flesh corruption and reap life everlasting. You don't do it. So you, you plant good seeds. And that, that's what comes up. The second aspect of sowing and reaping, according to the law of God, is that you reap later than you sow. You, and so we need to have that plant seed seed. Concept in our mind. We don't have to see the results today, but we're planting seeds. It it produces later and the third aspect of Sowing and reaping is you reap more than you sow You always do you never plant a bean to get a bean You get a whole bunch of beans You never plant a tomato to get a tomato you know, it was interesting. When I did that auction, when I, when I sold that supper for my wife, they asked me to do the whole auction the next year and the next. I mean, it just kind of, and I had no idea. It was the farthest thing from my mind. And yet, that's just what happens. You reap more than you sow. And how exciting when you plant seeds in the kingdom of God. You never know what all you're going to reap. And I want to remind you in closing here when you reach out to build a relationship, when you speak for the Lord, I want you to know that there is a silent witness that comes with you. And it's either going to be a blessing and strengthen your witness, or it's going to hinder it. But it's a silent witness, and it's a big thing. If, if everything is a mess at home, if everything is a mess at church, and you're not broken, and you try to witness to a neighbor, that silent witness just is going to be a hindrance. I want you to know how real a silent silent witness is. I experienced that in Washington when we were changing churches. Some of you may have met John's wife, uh, my daughter, Katie. We were making the change, and we weren't blessed by the people there at that time, and uh, my son, Joseph, he was, it seemed like everybody was trying to get Joseph. They were going for Joseph. They were offering him a place to live. Look, if your dad's going to move, hey, you can live with us. I mean, They were just offering him all kinds of opportunities and trying to draw him away. And it seemed like they just left Katie alone. They didn't even say anything to Katie. And my brother lived there. And I asked him one time, I says, Jordan, what is the deal? I said, really, I'd like for you to just leave my son alone, you know, but But how come you leave Katie alone? How come you're going for my son and and you leave Katie alone? And this is what he said. He said, we leave Katie alone because Katie has made it very, very clear that she is going to do what her dad does. Whoa, wow, what a blessing. I went to Katie, and I asked her, I says, Katie, I'm just curious, what are you telling these people? I'd like to know what you're saying. And she looked at me, and she said, Dad? I haven't said anything to anyone. There is a silent witness that sometimes speaks louder than our words. May God bless our witness in the community. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this little time of, I trust, encouragement and grace, O God. We pray that you would be jealous over us, thy people. May we be dear children unto you, O God. May you be jealous over us. May you brood over us, Father. May you open doors of opportunity that would encourage us. Would you come alongside us, Father? We pray earnestly. Lead the way. Walk side by side. Come behind us. We pray, Father. Put your everlasting arms underneath of us. And we pray for protection and guidance and mercy. Thank you for each heart here. May your name be praised. We worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.